Welcome to Out of the Blank. to another episode of out of the blank podcast we're not talking about jfk we're talking about ufos which somehow they've somehow brought into our life campbell it's good to have you back on the show man i am not talking about jfk this episode we're going to strictly talk about ufos we're going to talk about life we're going to talk about whatever you want to talk about but how's it been buddy it's been a while yeah it's been pretty good yeah it's been a little while um i guess you've been focused in on jfk which is cool um we had that nice conversation with larry who uh is involved in JFK Research, but also is the Director of Communications for the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. So he's got a, you know, a few things going on. I know for you, it's just like, oh my God, this guy runs the alien thing. And then for me, it's just like, that's Larry, man. Me and him chat about JFK and shit. Like, that's what's crazy. It's like, I just don't see the resumes that people have. Like, I talked to one dude who was like government ethics board. And he was like, I work, I left during the Trump administration. In my head, I'm just like, you don't know about the Johnson scandal and you study government ethics. How do you not know about Johnson? He goes, it sounds like a conspiracy. I had to put a disclaimer in the episode, but that's me. Like, I just, I don't see, you could be famous as hell. It's the only person I probably couldn't talk to is Woody Harrelson's dad. Cause he said he took a shot from the knoll and I'm like, Oh fuck man. Oh, Woody God. Harrelson's dad said he was like the gunman on the grass. He claimed knoll. It. Yeah. He <laughs> that's claimed so, it. so funny. I always use it as a joke. It's like the best throwaway, which is like, it was Woody Harrelson's dad on the knoll. And just like <laughs> all the researchers fucking hate it. Cause it's like one of the biggest, like BS conspiracies, but we're not here to talk about conspiracies. We're here to talk about facts. And the facts are aliens are in the sky. hundred percent. Oh God. Well, I'm going to have to disappoint people on that uh, front uh, because I am not uh, of that opinion. Um, but I, CBS said it. Did they? When did they say that? February 14th, 2023. <laughs> on Valentine. Okay, is there? Did what? Did they actually have a news story? Or are you just trolling? No, they did have a story. Yeah. Oh, okay. And what? What could you? Uh, I can tell you what it said. I just read the title. It says un it says unidentified flying objects in restricted airspace or something like that. Okay, yes. All right. Well, actually, that would be a great place to uh, get into it. Um, just for people who aren't familiar with me, I'm a co-host of the Invisible Night School. I have my website, uapstudy.com. We uh, look at paranormal subjects, UFOs, uh, especially from a uh, critical perspective, um, though we have a, a panel and uh, some of us are more um, open to uh, the more like alien-leaning explanations than others. So uh, we, have a, we have good conversations. If but, the school um, is invisible, how do you have anybody that attends? Huh? Yeah. Well, it's a secret. Uh, it's like a code word. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's actually the, yeah the name is a play on words uh, from well originally in UFO study uh, there was this guy named Doctor Jacques Vallée made reference to something he called the invisible college, which he meant to uh, took to mean um, a group of professional academics who actually were interested in UFOs but like weren't public about it because of the stigma. And uh, he took the Invisible College uh, from 
uh, the original usage of the word, which was in the uh, Europe during the 1700s, the uh, National Academies of Sciences started and natural philosophers who later became scientists, they originally called themselves the Invisible College when they were studying the natural phenomena initially uh, in secret because the prevalent culture was religious. And so it first started being the scientists were the Invisible College. And then in the 70s, 80s, uh, Dr. Jacques Vallée started saying like the Invisible College got flipped and became the paranormal within the mainstream culture of science. And uh, so we're sort of playing off of that. Um, but yeah, there's been a fair bit of news in the last month or so about UFOs because your, and I'm Canadian, your government, the US government uh, started shooting down <laughs> objects over uh, North America. They shot down four objects in quick succession after they uh, identified the first one as being a, a Chinese spy balloon. And then they quickly took action and took down three more unidentified objects, which all evidence after a couple of weeks points to them being other kinds of balloons launched by various uh, civilian organizations. So there's a real danger in that. If that's all been balloons all this time, and we've just all been saying UFO shit, and that's just been commonly up there. That's that's nuts to me because I'm just like, how long has this been going on? Apparently, I've looked into I'm a big into the CCP. I've actually that was before the JFK stuff. I talked about that. I think me and you talked about it briefly at some point. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that balloon. I know people are saying, oh, it's what are they doing spying on us? I'm like, look, bro, it's 2023. They don't they ain't using technology like we're in the fucking 1800s with the spy balloon like a kid. It just got away from us and flew across the Pacific. No, it doesn't happen like that. It's a message. It was a message. Not it was basically meant to get caught, but also testing the boundaries if we were going to shoot it down at all. You know, we don't want to ruin relationships with China, but China is also giving the middle finger with that balloon to not only us, but also the NATO, all these other organizations about we don't care. You know, we're going to do what we want in some aspects of things. And some people got upset that we shot it down. I was like, fuck yeah, shoot it down. What are you talking about? Yeah, I thought uh, it was an interesting circumstance because um, NORAD, like North American uh, Radar Defense System, uh, jointly by Canada and the United States, uh, we've never had that organization act to take something down out of the sky using force. And then within a week's time, NORAD uh, took out three objects after the Chinese spy balloon without even knowing what they were, only having them on radar and then confirming visual uh, with uh, pilots at the time. And so it's a, it's a huge radical escalation from a historical standard and it, there's kind of a question there why they would rat like when we're not even in a, a situation like in the most intense periods during the Cold War with the Soviet Union, they're taking this action. And there's a lot going in there. Part of like what you just pointed out, there is a lot of talk about how uh, foreign adversaries are using the UFO subject to test the boundaries of sensor systems and the readiness of the militaries and things like that. And I think that uh, what this showed is that the US government hasn't been fully on guard with the UFO thing and they have been letting things slip by the wayside. And it maybe is due to the 
the lobbying from the UFO uh, community that this balloon uh, situation actually elevated to the point it was. And, uh, you know, like, have you, were you familiar with the sort of, you were familiar with the Chinese spy balloon and then you sort of saw the UFO talk after that. What, what was your kind of impression when you heard- had a UFO talk after that? Uh, oh, just uh, just in the community online, there was like an explosion uh, of I don't interest. Check my social anymore. I just, okay. I just yeah, that's what that. I'm here for. Actually, what am I saying? I'm asking you what you've seen. I'm here to tell you what happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? Tell me about it. Yeah. Well, the community uh, after the you know the, there was the Chinese spy balloon, and then they, uh, NORAD announced they took down uh, a couple other objects, right? And then those were unidentified. And then online on like UFO Twitter and stuff people got really excited because some of the descriptions that initially came out are like similar to classic historical UFO eyewitness descriptions, you know, like a sphere uh, behaving strangely. Um, the one that was shot down in, in I believe it was Michigan um, over Lake Michigan was described as being octagonal and with like strings off of it. And so some people were sort of like hypothesizing that it was like some kind of, like, you know, it's just going as far as you want, like some kind of like new kind of life in the atmosphere and stuff. It's based on like, you know, third hand descriptions. And, um, and then the US Air Force had a, a press briefing where a, a Air Force officer came out to talk about the shoot downs and a member of the press asked him like, you know, do you think that any of these things are uh, extraterrestrial in nature? And then um, instead of sort of the classic uh, being like, ah, ha, ha, no, no, no. He said like, well, you know, we aren't going to rule anything out. And that like, really it. excited people. Your Southern accent that you gave him makes him sound even more like an American. I love it. Um, no, I mean, I believe aliens exist. I just don't think they've ever been here yet. I don't think it would be stupid to think that you're the only one in the universe, you know, or the galaxy or out there, whatever. I just think that's a dumb way of thinking. But I mean, a lot of this stuff, like I, when the CCP balloon, they shoot down other stuff afterwards. I mean, I don't know if we don't know if those are CCP balloons. I mean, it's still faith for the UFO community as well, too. But at the same time, it just scares me because I always said it was government tech, you know? I mean, bring it back to Yorg when I had Yorg on my show and he was telling me about Area 51 and then he gets raided a couple months later. You know, that's a real danger in like whether you're doing research into UFOs or not, whether you believe whatever you believe. I mean, if the government can just destroy all your stuff and embarrass you like they did to Yorg, you know, because he thought he was a spy. I'm like, well, that's the whole thing is like, how dangerous is spying right now? If they have, we have cell phones in our pocket for the love of God, I know they checking on those whenever they want any advertising companies can do that. So whether it's a political message, whether it's anything of that sort, but there are some descriptions like triangular based, you know, three lights in the sky that seem like it's two dimensional in shape. I mean, I don't know what tech that they have and they're not going to tell us. And we don't know what tech we have as well too, to be able to detect those. But if that has been a problem that's been existing for a while, I mean, how far has it been existing? You know, we have accounts from way back, even John Lennon, all these different stories. Now, whether it's someone on a bad acid trip or is it someone that's coming in contact with something? I have no clue. I don't necessarily want to believe the whole it's aliens type deal because I feel like they do more than just fucking show up and observe. They just land and do Mars attacks or whatever um, if they're going to do it. Please, I love God. 
or that movie wish anything where they, you flick your hand and you can have whatever you want and they chose one human on the you ever see that movie no what's that one called uh i, I don't know remember yeah, what it's, it's called a... it's the guy who did paul the alien movie paul the same guys in it, and it's like anything you could ever want you just swipe your hand and they were testing human i don't know it's, we're getting off tangents um but no, I just I think with all the stuff out there, we always talked about science more like plasma and things of this sort, which makes a lot of sense as well, too. But also if there's I'm now putting this political thing with the balloons and the spy tech gear and things of that sort of way higher up than the plasma stuff. I mean, there's some things that depending on how advanced the technology is, I mean, how far can you get it up in the sky before and make it be able to dart around so quickly? I mean, if that's a drone. That's very complicated to what I know of of drones, but there's also scientists and people I've spoken to on the show before about advanced technologies that talk about that what we have is a little bit limited compared to the stuff that they've been experimenting on and testing on, like simulations or things of simu – not simulations, um, projections, things that they could just project on without having a screen. I mean that's a plausibility as well too, and I'm not shooting down the UFO community like they shot down the balloon. I'm just saying it's possible that – could be government tech. I don't know. Yeah, well, it, the UFO subject is complicated because there are a lot of things going on. A very, uh, you know, baseline argument out of the skeptic community, and I consider myself a skeptic, though I uh, argue with my fellow skeptics quite frequently about the elements of philosophy of science around things like this. Um, any individual observation that you make of something that appears to be extraordinary or exceptional, the odds are that that observation will turn out to be of something mundane that has been misperceived. And so there's a mistake or at least a, a consistent theme where novel extraordinary phenomena in the natural sciences like rogue waves meteors things that are like one-off and extremely uh, strange have been discounted uh, even though eyewitness reports have been coming in for decades or centuries they were discounted forever until conclusive positive identification through some kind of uh you know sensor system or whatever made it so that it can't be argued anymore so there's a convincing argument that says that uh, a portion of the most extraordinary observations are not balloons or uh, government tech or whatever and fall into this uh, you know exceptional novel category. That's possible. Uh, the question then is like what the evidence is to make that claim because without hard proof, there is inevitably, the statistical reality that it is more likely to be some a misperception than something truly uh, uh, original. And that's the trap we fall into, is even with the government tech side. Um, and, and you can't demonstrate that an, any individual observation is of some sort of extraordinary government tech. It's always more likely that it's uh, something mundane that you saw wrong. But we also know, based on the historic record that the government does test advanced technology and people do see it and uh, report it when they see it and then uh, you know you find out later that they did see something exceptional so so it's a reality that gets very complicated because you don't want to outright dismiss all of the extraordinary observations but it's also inevitable that a vast majority are mistakes and therefore you get stuck into a tricky position 
a lot of skeptics get into where um, they end up just sort of sitting on the debunking side and uh, being very dismissive of all of the observations. And, and my opinion is that that kind of pushes people who have these observations. They look, they want explanations, they're looking for explanations. And when we don't engage with them with respect and try to actually hear what they're saying and give them a plausible explanation, I, I believe it pushes them towards the people who I would call grifters, people providing high levels of confidence around it being like extraterrestrial and stuff without sufficient evidence to make such an extraordinary claim. You know, so that's sort of uh, my my take on that. Let me give you a pushback. Just one little pushback. Why would the government create a whole board looking for UAPs or unidentified aerial phenomena? Then? The reason provided in the legislation is actually exactly what you identified at the start of this conversation, that foreign adversaries due to the stigma around reporting UFOs because of the uh, general uh, belief that a UFO would represent alien life, that uh, has allowed foreign adversaries to take advantage of uh, the reticence of pilots and sensor operators to report unusual observations in order to exploit on, you know, for national security reasons, uh, the uh, defensive capabilities of the uh, country. So so that was the primary thing is that we need to increase uh, reporting of these kinds of things because they're slipping through the cracks and some of them might actually be foreign adversaries. So that so was the main argument. Is it a front? I'm, I'm serious. Is it a government front? Is it for the idea that the, we funnel this in? I'm being dead serious on this question, but is this we funnel money into something for the idea of UFOs, but really it's just to look for advanced technologies and spy stuff that could be used during. That doesn't sound crazy now, does it? I know you're giving me like a little bit of like a, yeah, sure it does. But no, seriously, like, I mean, it, it, if it's a front, I mean, the government's going to do something if they alert the public and let them know that there's a bunch of spy technology up in the air that we can't explain, much like the CCP balloon, where a bunch of people started freaking out. I know plenty of anti-gun people that reached out to their fucking friend who owns 50 of them and it was like hey real quick red dawn might be happening dmi like so it's it's not crazy to say that that would be a really good way to be able to get more funding and more research and more observation on some technologies from foreign adversaries that we might not know about and it'd be good to monitor those because the whole ufo thing seeing bill nelson step up and say yeah they're gonna look for our origins on a this is, I mean, there's that's the only thing I can think of. Would it would be a front, not saying like they're selling drugs, but I'm just saying they're giving you a message or necessarily their basic goals, which we know throughout government histories, a lot of things that they have done has been misperception in a lot of their activities where on the surface they are doing one thing and on the inner layer they're necessarily not doing the same thing. That's not conspiracy. I would say that was critical thinking in that suggestion of that. Yeah, well, you know. The reality conspiracies are happening all the time, and there's a huge number of proven historical conspiracies of extremely significant depth and breadth with the elaborate number of people involved in a way that you would at the time have thought it was completely ridiculous to claim that that could be possibly happening. So once it's sort of like actually the observations of extraordinary things where when it's happening, you can't say with certainty that it's happening, but when you look back in the historical records, you see there's a pattern where 
conspiracies of that nature are all the time happening. And so it would be absurd from that point of view, view to say that conspiracies are not occurring right now, since they always have historically. But to identify the specific conspiracies that are occurring often requires a uh, look back uh, through history uh, rather than being in the present. But there are documents that suggest uh, exactly what you're describing. I mean, it's uh, very well known and very well studied that um, senators and Congress people prioritize spending in their districts uh, heavily. We, I don't think it's going out on a limb at all to say what you said, that at least I would say uh, there's a bunch of people involved in the UFO uh, legislation, UAP legislation. And I'd say that they have diverse uh, reasons for doing that. And I think that a lot of their reasons probably pertain to what you're saying, money for uh, military stuff, a lot of it probably in their districts. Another side of it is that a, a number of the, uh, at least I would say, especially Congress people, though senators historically, Harry Reid and stuff too, they seem to be genuinely uh, believers that UFOs are something sort of like non-human intelligence related, and that seems to be the motivation for their interests. So I think that there is a diverse set of views, but I, I would support your argument that a lot of it probably comes out of a more selfish political uh, standpoint rather than intrinsic uh, identification with the UFO culture. Either way, your government doesn't look good, whether they've been lying to you about secrets of aliens or whether they're lying to you about aliens so they can get more funding for the things that they're trying to do. I mean, if you look at how much money we're spending into, I mean, how much did that whole UAP coalition or that whole thing getting created actually spur? I mean, the argument against the whole skeptic idea is that you have a long record past of documents and documents I've seen through CIA files and things of sorts where they give descriptions and they draw out what these things look like. Now, we don't know if they're from outer space and we don't know if anybody's from another country is piloting them. But the discussion has been there, and the confusion on the term has always been there. And then recently they rebranded it to take the stigma out, which still has starting to get more of the stigma again to it. Now, I don't always I, I try and find a logical base in a lot of this stuff. I would definitely believe, like I said, government tech. But also at the same time, I can't delete that history that they have of drawings and things that they can't explain where they're trying to give descriptions of atmosphere pressure at the time these things are happening the weather what's the weather like when it's going on was it a clear sky i can't i don't know i can't debunk that i'm not going to try and debunk that i can debunk my funding argument which is a big fucking waste of money if you're talking about trying to do this under a covert thing of like oh we got to spy on the foreign intelligence services that are trying to create this technology and throw it over here because you're going out on live television you're broadcasting a message which makes your government look really fucking bad if they're lying to you about that so whether they have belief in it and they just maybe it's a couple orders from the top up that only know about what this thing is and everyone else really thinks they're looking through a telescope and doing all this stuff to try and find this but then, I mean, the atmosphere part, you can look through a lot of the foreign intelligence to the atmosphere, depending on the space capabilities of everybody being able to go up into space. And as far as I know, there's only six major superpowers that can go to space. Um, everyone else is still kind of trying to get there. I think India tried a rocket, and I don't know if it worked. Um, but so there's a real discussion that needs to be had on any way the government doesn't look good. But you need to find out, like, what is the more plausible solution, which I would say would be a front. But at the same time, I mean, are you 100% doubtful 
in the aspect that it could be something from another place. Whether it experienced something here a long time ago and never came back, that's a plausibility nobody ever brings up. And then you have things that are replicating things as well, too. There's a lot of Cold War intelligence that gets thrown in the mix. And I've seen that through my Cold War discussions, but also the technology discussions and the government's ability to keep a secret is pretty strong, not just ours, but every other government. So, I mean, do you have doubts that it, it could – small percentage chance, very minuscule, that it could be something from a, another universe or whatever? We had Omoa that came by, the giant comet, and then we never hear about that thing again. And it wasn't a comet because it had no astral tail. I had Avi Loeb talk about that. I mean, that was weird. It was a blip in our history, like a blip in our news, and it's gone again. Yeah, uh, I think that what you're saying, do I think that there's any possibility that some UFOs could be uh, extraterrestrial or non-human intelligence of kind? Yeah, I do think there's a, a possibility of that. And this is something that I've talked to fellow. We've actually, we talked about it yesterday on the show uh, when we were doing it live with somebody, um, me and a, a panelist, uh, Louise, he is a um, evolutionary biologist professor. And he thinks that life in the universe is very common, but complex life is extraordinary. It's probably extraordinarily scarce. He thinks that um, the step from the simple to the complicated was a potentially one-off event that was so rare that we could actually be the only life, not only in the Milky Way, but in the like observable universe. That's not my position, but I accept it as a, you know, a, a reasonable point of view to take. And I think he knows a lot more about like the details of life self-replicating than I do. So I uh, sort of take him at his word that it's plausible and uh, sufficient to explain us not seeing aliens constantly coming in and out of the atmosphere and stuff like that. My own view is that statistically speaking, I agree entirely with the um, Fermi paradox where to me, you know, there's like 200 billion suns just in our galaxy. There are, I mean, within observable universe, uh, I don't even know how many galaxies there are, like billions, like, you know, and then the universe is conceptually infinite or at least effectively infinite. To me, 200 billion suns, uh, what we see, look out there, everything kind of looks like all the physics are the same. Like, you know, so you don't have to like worry about that. So with all the physics being the same, our solar system not being like extraordinarily original, like to me, it seems very unusual to the point of, defying like a, a basic understanding that we haven't had like countless other alien civilizations appearing on earth uh, throughout history like humans can get to the closest solar system proxima centauri at five percent of the speed of light in like 90 years we could colonize the entire milky way galaxy under the speed of light subluminally in something like it was like 2.5 million years or something our our sun has been in existence for like 4 billion years right so based purely on the numbers it makes no sense to me that the milky way has not been colonized by a wide variety of you know civilizations over and over and over but at the same time i don't think that there's there's no compelling evidence that we've seen even one civilization here on earth because you, you enter, you, you kind of enter the argument of, well, maybe they can use cloaking device. All right, let's try and find some ground down that one. Uh, but there is, like, I mean, what we base 
life off of is our basic distinctions and classifications of what needs life, water, oxygen, certain things. That's why we have habitable planets, exoplanets that we can go to. But also, I mean, I've talked to plenty of radio astronomers. I've talked to plenty of astronomers in general that entertain the discussion of aliens, some that are very hopeful that there's some out there and some that won't entertain the discussion at all. But everyone agrees that the basic functions of where we are looking for life, we don't talk about little microorganisms on another planet, something that could be in water, and we'd have to go there to be able to test it to be able to know for sure. So, I mean, the, the, the discussion of aliens existing, yes, they do exist. What are we classifying as aliens? Microbials from another planet that are not on this one is an alien. Okay, that's an alien, depending if it's not the cool one you see that hunts down people and take down their spines. Okay, still cool. I've heard from a couple of people that work in the space field that talk about, yes, they found little microbials in water. And to them, it's very exciting. It is exciting. They should be excited because it's not from here. It's something that is technically alive, not basically on the distinctions of how we have hands and legs and things of this sort, but it is alive. It's a little microorganism. So that counts as an alien. So that the discussion is there. That's science or whatever you want to call it. But there's a lot of mistrust when it comes to our government. A lot of what is being said is stuff being kept secret because they've lied before. Maybe. So I keep the possibility for something of an advanced species. Sure. I just don't see the reason for them coming down here. I know you listed off a couple of things about colonizing the Milky Way, but for God's sakes, ever the stare at the fucking sun for 2.5 billion years and try and watch humans explore out there. I mean, I think there's a lot of mistakes and a lot of things that come people think we're so interesting. It's like, yeah, we're interesting to us as people. Our political views are interesting to us, but none of these aliens, I mean, there's no reason for anybody to come visit us because they think we're some advanced species. We're not. We're just look like monkeys with sticks. If you master inter, inner space travel, I think, you know, we're a little bit low on the pegging order i would say i think we're probably in first grade compared to their high school education <laughs> well you know i yeah i hear what you're saying i think that's a fair point i think like a lot of people who sort of take the position that i take that it seems like statistically there should already be aliens here but aren't a number of those people will say something like the they call it the cosmic zoo hypothesis which basically suggests that like humans do on earth with ourselves uh in certain places like the amazon rainforest sentinel island there are uncontacted tribes of humans still on earth and we don't go and uh, bring them into civilization we actually isolate them intentionally and prevent others from going there in order to maintain their you know way of life so humans do that on earth so it makes some sense that you know to do it elsewhere uh, i don't really necessarily think that's what's happening i i would more suggest that it seems like something like what Louise uh, believes that uh, simple life is everywhere, complex life for whatever reason, there's like a serious barrier there. Um, that's my sort of point of view. But I, I think the cosmic zoo thing is also like, it's plausible. Like, I know, doubt they're aware evidence. that like, oh my God, we got to make sure nobody comes to this planet. I think it's more like, okay, there's something on that planet, but we don't need to fucking go over there. I, I mean, if that is a possibility, I doubt like if they know space travel and all that, and they're able to fly through space way faster than we can and way farther than we can, then I think they probably seen something. I mean, whether they were here in the 70s or the 60s, I don't know. I mean, I, I like I said, the UAP discussion is one for me. It's like it's an interest, sure, but it's not like 
I just don't like the debunking community that much. Like not saying you, I mean, I think you do it in a very rational way, which is try and talk to the community and try and get people's perspectives on things as much how I do my show a little bit. Um, you have some hard lines on conspiracies though. I think you need to look into some of the government stuff, man. I'm telling you, you'll be surprised. Well, I could go into it. Um, something that I get into <laughs> disagreements with about other skeptics are the government documents. They're sort of like a social barrier in like the community of skepticism to engage with conspiracy, even conspiracy that is historically documented and verified. It's, it's like a, it's a cultural identity thing. And so it's hard to be accepted by the skeptic community in general while engaging too thoroughly in that side of things. And I find that to be a serious problem with the skeptic community. And I think that there are things being lost along the way because of that. Why so do you want to be UF a skeptic so bad? <laughs> well, oftentimes actually skeptics are people who were convinced into a false belief system and then managed to get out of it. And so there's kind of a, a wounded hero um, a sort of thing going on there where- Not how they, they do it. They do it like assholes on ivory tower syndrome. Well, that's my issue with them. It's like a lot of the stuff, even Ben Shapiro saying something about the Kennedy assassination, he just did it because that's like, you can easily take one thing and without any whatever thorough investigation or years of research into you just state, this is this and this is that. There's, that's it. Michael Shermer does it for his book. I've invited him on to talk about the Kennedy assassination, but he's never gotten back to me. So it's really simple. You just say something like the Kennedy assassination. The president gets death threats all the time. Yeah, but they don't talk about the Secret Service destroying documents on the prior death threats. So now it has been labeled a conspiracy, and there's only statements, and people don't accept witness testimony unless it fits in their narrative. But government documents, for instance, I mean there's plenty of disinformation ones, and plus it's someone writing a document. Look into who wrote that document. What is their personality like? I mean, I got autopsy testimonies that say a person died of a brain hemorrhage with no autopsy. Was that just a shitty thing to label on an autopsy? Yeah, but where did the autopsy come from? Well, Dallas police. Well, okay, who did the autopsy? Okay, he was new. All right, so first day on the it job. Makes a maybe. Difference. Yeah, and so like with you, yeah, you've seen how there are government reports that are public facing and they're intending to communicate a certain kind of message to the public, like manage the uh, way that people perceive what's happening. And then there are internal reports, right, where uh, the government, uh, or at least certain people within the government are transferring information within those uh, institutions. And those documents are often very different from the public facing documents. Uh, is that something that you've sort of noticed as well in your research? Well, that's where a lot of conspiracies are born is the fact that behind closed doors, they say something else compared to what they release to the public. Um, but in a way, I mean, if you really examine what also they're talking about, the level of discussion, if they say something like if it's the Kennedy assassination and they say something that's you know, oh, it was Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. And then behind closed doors, they're saying other shit. It's like, that's a, that's a real issue. That's not a conspiracy. Johnson stated something different. Hoover stated something different. A bunch of people started stating stuff that was different. So you're like, okay, wait, you're telling me that in press conferences, you're saying this is it. And then behind closed doors, you're saying this isn't it. 
that's a real thing where, okay, that opens up the logic and room for a conspiracy to start coming in. Now it's about managing what that is. And if you get into like the alien discussion, and this is a thing with the government that I think the, the skeptic community has a problem with is that a lot of the skeptics are, are conservative, if you've noticed that, um, such as political views like LGBTQ, um, all that type of stuff that says that they don't exist. Shermer's a big one in that argument. He really counters that woke crowd. And I can round of applause to him. I can't deal with all those people lighting me up in the DMs, but um, that's also he it's that their viewpoint is this old stool government trust and reliability and stuff of that sort as well too. And the government will give you the answer, but it's also about like, if you bring up the question about checking government documents, I mean, if you're looking into government corruption, I, they're probably not going to put it into a document. I mean, you can look at Hale Boggs video in 71. I sent you this, right? I showed you this, this 71 Hale Boggs talked about, well, you're asking the FBI to investigate the FBI. Like, no shit they're not going to come up with anything like get a nonprofit community to do so and i think during the uap discussion i think the community has probably been able to prove a lot i don't can't give you specifics because i'm not into that group but I'm, i've seen randomly a tweet here or there that brings up something that's interesting that you know gets everyone's kind of eyebrows raised and then we know past events as well too dave uh betty i think his name is the one the nimitz the Nimitz encounter. I mean, I think it's a popular video, whether whatever that is government tech or not. I mean, there's things that really the government hasn't bothered to clarify bigger on the issue about as well either. Yeah, well, okay, that's a great point. The lack of clarity from the government, the way the government has communicated about the UFO subject is actually one of maybe the central reason I actually started looking at it, because it defied expectation or any reasonable prospect of you know, understanding what they were trying to do. This is uh, sort of my experience was, you know, the New York Times article came out. I didn't really even look at it. I didn't have a historic uh, interest in um, UFOs or any paranormal subject whatsoever. I was more involved on the atheism, skepticism type of stuff. stuff. Uh, so when I'm an atheist. York, why'd you say yeah. it like quiet? Um, I guess because it was an aside, not that whenever I, I talk about religion, I get nervous. I got a couple episodes where I was like, oh fuck, I just get my grandpa said never to talk about this at the dinner table, and I'm talking about it on a podcast. Fuck. <laughs> it's like the world is your dinner table. Yeah. But um okay, where was I? I forget now. What well, was I think I saying the skeptic stuff, anyway. Well, when it comes to like welcome to out of the blank. It's nice to have you back again. I know even with the even with the conspiracy stuff, like I know as soon as we talked about JFK, me and Larry kind of went full deep into the JFK thing. But no, it's a real thing with the government. Like the government does not give answers on a lot of things. And I'm not a tear it down type. I just wish if you look throughout history, you could find a past track record of it. I mean, the COINTELPRO, I think I mentioned to you with Larry creating a coloring book. Did you know I found a document in the church committee report that states that the Black Panther Party, what the FBI did was write to their wives saying that their husbands were sleeping with teenagers, and it was fake. That's a low fucking blow. That's a really low blow to do that, but that, that program goes so deep a lot of people don't read that in the history books, and it's kind of like conspiracy in my opinion. It's kind of critical thinking or it's getting lumped in with critical thinking in a lot of aspects of things. If you don't accept a government answer on something, which is why you got interested in looking into UAPs in the first place because the government gave you a crappy answer or example or something, you didn't accept that narrative. doesn't mean you accept the whole conspiracy narrative. 
But now in turn, you have become a conspiracy theorist because you want better answers on what that is. Saying we can't identify that or saying that is now bringing you in the group of conspiracies. Now, depending on where that line goes, you go full deep into it. Which is like if you start looking up the government list of mess ups, you're going to come across things like a CIA heart attack gun that's real. But you're going to really start diving down the rabbit hole that goes into a whole land of like this isn't a reality and a simulation. I was staring up at my stars last night, and I've been I did this last year too. I did do it. I do a lot when I walk out to work because I go to work at four o'clock in the morning. I'm looking right up at the sky. I swear to God, I couldn't see stars a couple months ago, and now I'm seeing stars everywhere. So I don't know what the hell is someone, everyone inhaled at once and sucked up all the CO2, but that's strange. And that's a lot of people saying, like, I saw people posting, they're out tonight. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. But that's how people start going, what the hell's going on? And you don't really have an answer. You don't have a whole discussion about, like, you know, certain time periods or certain shifts in the earth or something like that or rotations that are letting you be able to see things at a certain time period because of whatever. You can give a scientific response to it, but it relies on the community, which I wouldn't say skeptics, but people like yourself. And I don't call you a skeptic because you're a lot nicer than a skeptic. Um but there's a lot of people out there, scientists, that are trying to rationally explain this and like to entertain the discussion, which I think the discussion should be had about UFOs. Um, it should be about alien life because we should always be pursuing for more. Now, the discussion becomes toxic when we start fighting over what those things are and also fighting over the fact of like the real science gets out of it and it gets more into political views and more into um, name calling and things of that sort, which I've seen. But I'm not in the UFO community, so I can't give you a full breakdown of it but i kind of compare it to the jfk and like all the other controversial shit that's going on for like a long time that nobody feels like they want to address yeah well you touched on something very significant there which is the um like the way that people need or at least seek out an explanation for what they saw like an extraordinary thing and so like when somebody has an extraordinary experience they want to process it they want to bring it into their understanding of the world. And depending on how intense that extraordinary experience is, sometimes people will shape their entire identities around it. Uh, like I, uh, from a young age, have had, uh, it's called hypnopompic hallucinations. When I wake up, sometimes uh, there will be a, a hallucination occurring for like five to 10 seconds. In you know, it's because the dream state hasn't been shut off, even though the consciousness state has been shut off briefly. There's just a little bit of a, a misfiring there. So, you know, other people who have had experiences very similar to what I have experienced have thought that they're abductees. They believe that they've interacted with, uh, you know, the Virgin Mary. Uh, the descriptions are identical. The interpretations are very different because of the way that I sort of uh, process reality through a materialist, uh, skeptical, uh, you know, rationalist lens. Um, and I think there are good reasons why those are the lenses that are preferable on the condition that you want to be producing accurate predictions or at least as accurate as possible. And you want your uh, perception of the reality to be as consistent with accurate predictions as possible. If that's your goal, then I would say to sort of adopt these particular worldviews. If you don't care at all about predictive accuracy, then you, know, you can prioritize other ways of looking at the world. But people wanting to know what they saw is extremely important. And I think that debunking does push people when they look for an explanation and the answer is like well you know uh i'm not going to touch on what you did see i'm only going to discount like argue against what you think you saw 
Uh, I, that pushes people uh, into channels where people are giving explanations that are not based on evidence. And uh, I think there's a little, I mean, I know there's a big problem with that that needs to be addressed. You probably get a lot of shit off air, don't you, from people? Well, it depends. Sometimes, <laughs> you know what the funniest part is, is that the most uh, flack I've gotten um, is over these guitars on the wall. I was going to ask and, about those in the beginning. Do you actually play those? Oh, hell yeah. But that's okay. the, uh, my wife put them up. Uh, you trimmed the fucking it. plant. The tr plant was bigger. <laughs> well, trimmed is a nice way of putting it. I overwatered it and part of it died but <laughs> um uh, but yeah so yeah the flack is usually about like the musical instruments and stuff claiming i can't play them rather than actually any of uh, the information i present uh, which is uh, good in some ways because when people use a, a logical fallacy like an ad hominem which is attacking the person not the idea it shows that they feel weak in their position so uh, i don't really take offense to that uh, i hope we, that's true because holy shit that's like the main thing of the warren commission people always attacking all the conspiracy <laughs> people they don't attack the info they just attack the people right um, yes and that's the tendency yeah there's a pull there's a word for that i forgot what it is yeah the ad hominem uh, no there's a policy. there's another word for it it's oh, okay something that's attacking the 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 person who said it rather than the person who uh the information that the person said but the, it's a russell teapot argument you're you're entering you're you're in a topic that's a russell teapot argument um it's every it's every other controversial thing you don't know what russell's teapot is it's a giant old school theory about that if i told you there was a teapot floating in outer space right now you could not prove me wrong and you could not prove me right so you just spend the rest of your time looking for it this is all these arguments all the largest controversial subjects in our history are russell's teapots um they're going to keep going because they never really stick on the main points of things there's just no agreements there's uh, echo chambers that get built now through social media echo chambers get built um but it's a, you gotta associate with people that don't necessarily agree with you and nobody knows how to do that properly like i would hold debates if anybody from the ufo community if you knew anybody that had disagreements with you i would hold a debate about it i wouldn't let you guys talk over each other but i let you be able to have the discourse and as the general public be able to sort out the information for themselves but it is one of those situations and i think a lot of that boils down to the fact that the government did not relay a message properly they did not do it not talking about it or banning it from from being talked about or not looking or looking into it, but then not letting the public see what you looked into. A lot of things start. It's their fault. It's not ours. It's theirs. People naturally have a distrust for a certain thing, but also people have a trust for something that agrees with them. I mean, if you are you going to if you search up something and you click the first article and it tells you exactly what you already thought, are you going to keep looking? Most people don't. Most people just stop and run with that one article, but some people who look at the first one don't like it, and they keep looking for another one until they find one that they like, and they stop looking. It's not like – I mean it's stuff I get in arguments with intellectual historians that uh, – older ones and philosophers that believe like more about the official concrete grounds of government and things of this sort. I mean there's a real area where you got to start looking at like in my younger generation, my generation, things of that sort are very activist. So they're very anti, I'm kind of in the middle. I think you need to recognize corruption and be able to acknowledge that there is corruption, try and find a way to fix it, which we, I think everyone knows politics is corrupt as hell. Um, it's not a big thing, but it's also double standards. I mean, if you accept one scenario as something you can't explain, but you can explain another one as well too, does that mean that they couldn't be the same exact thing? You know, you really bring it into this area where it's like whenever you talk about something like a certain past of a certain ethnicity, for instance, if you take African-American people, people know that their past is 
horrible when it came to horrible things that have been done throughout history by certain people of government and all this type of sort. Well, it can happen to someone else who's like not black. It can be white too. It's just about, I mean, it's not a double standard. You know what I'm saying? Like it's really hard. Like when you look at the COINTEL pro, program, most people know it's just about affecting black people, black Panthers. All this. They affected the KKK. Nobody knows about that either. So it's like a lot of things where it's like it wasn't just a double standard to one initiative. It went to all anything that they deemed a threat, domestic terrorism in a sense. And then it's now about defining your terms. I mean, if you defined all the alien stuff as being secret um, and labeled in secrecy because it's national intelligence, I'm like, well, what are you labeling as national intelligence? You know, is there something up there that we should be worried about, like a CCP balloon? Or is it something that we should be worried about when it comes to uh galaxy or something from another galaxy that came over here i mean you haven't gave they haven't gave any room for them not to be pressured by the public in these types of regards and now they've just opened up the door to get rid of that solution which is just labeling things disinformation or conspiracies and limiting their outreach which causes new platforms to be created and people to go to those platforms which is dividing us even more you see what i'm saying like i'm i'm not i'm not an idiot campbell i know as much as i might sound and i much ramble but I wouldn't be coming on here for the what fifth, sixth time if I thought you were an idiot. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, what you're touching on, again, is uh, important. It's the government's way that they've handled this narrative. And uh, that's actually what I, for, I forgot where I was going previously. But this is what I was, I was talking about exactly, that the way the government has communicated on this subject defies their own internal documents that we have through freedom of information indicating how they want to communicate communicate about subjects like this in internal documents about national security like the ufo subject is on par with uh, like white nationalism as a domestic national security threat that threat is not based on the same things the ufo community is so uh, focused on trying to find the ufo stuff in uh, the government documents that they uh, freedom of information act request a huge number of top secret documents continuously and uh, their eagerness to break into all the government secrets is actually part a big part of the uh, the perceived threat so we know from the internal documents that the intelligence community doesn't want people to like be getting into conspiracy stuff and looking at alien stuff and UFO stuff. Then after the New York Times article, we had all these top level government um, officials coming out and seemingly encouraging people to think about UFOs. You had a former um, a director of the CIA, John Brennan, coming out on that podcast being like, yeah, you know, I think some of these things might involve something that some people might say constitutes a different form of life. And it's like, why would you even say that? And then, you know, President Obama comes out on the Late Late Show with James Corden in 2021. And he's like, okay, well, let me be serious for a moment. There are things in the atmosphere that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain how they move, their trajectories. They did not have an easily explainable pattern. And so I think some people still still take seriously trying to figure out what that is. Just and record my voicemail, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, Steve, that's my Obama. Um, and so like that was your Obama? Oh my God, I thought he was a Southern guy. Well, you know, he is what he is. Obama's um, uh, my fellow Americans. We're gathered here today to understand the complicated issues that all pressing americans that's good nice yeah ex yeah i was uh i wasn't fully committing i got a little um, bit of cotton mouth i can't i can't, <laughs> can't fully do it thing yet and <laughs> ranting too much so we had all these we had all these government agents coming or well, agents like you know government officials 
coming out and saying, and you know, a bunch of others as well, uh, you know, I can just keep listing them. And they kept saying these statements over and over that looked like they were encouraging people to think about UFOs. And so that's part of why I got so confused and interested in a sense in the subject, because I wanted to know why would people like former CIA Director Brennan and US President Obama, like why would they be coming out and seemingly encouraging people to look at the subject when we have internal documents showing that they don't want people to be looking at the subject. And, you know, that's it's a contradiction like that, where the communications are horrible. And if I am someone compelled to look at it after a lifetime of no interest in the subject because of the level of, you know, incomprehensibility of their communication strategy, that's really not good for them when they don't want people looking at the subject. And that, that you know, that mystery is an important mystery. And I think it's uh, not fully resolved yet. I have my own ideas, but once again, like we can get into conspiracy versus conspiracy theory and the probability of those things being real. Um, the core thing that you're describing though, that like the government has communicated terribly, people just want answers. I think you're like hitting the nail on the head with that. You're not gonna get answers though. Like I said, it's a Russell Teapot discussion. Yeah. You're asking well, the government to admit that they fucking did a terrible job and that god they won't do that at all they'll do everything but that but you know i think you you then rely up to media outlets and i don't really trust them either uh, i don't trust fox i don't trust cnn i don't trust any of them but you know people will take that then it gets bought down into political sides the only good part about the media is that the conspiracy talk is actually being had um but they label it to a certain party like a lot of people don't realize like things stories giant scandals and stuff like that Things with the president, Hunter Biden laptop, all that type of situation stuff, any scandal throughout any president's career, your intelligence agencies are in charge of when that gets released. They have plenty of blackmail evidence and things of sorts on any types of newscasters to make sure that it doesn't happen. I mean, look at what they did with Mark Zuckerberg and the Hunter Biden laptop situation. Mark Zuckerberg openly states saying the FBI came to him and said there's Russian disinformation going on and it was the Hunter Biden laptop link and you could not send it. And then it comes out to be true. And now they found Biden's documents next to his Corvette. Same thing with Trump. That does not happen normally. It's not like, oh, my God, we discovered this. No, your intelligence agencies are in charge of not only doing their job, but also protecting the president's credibility as well, too. So that means something fucked up. They fucked up, not the intelligence agencies, the president, whoever's in charge. So th that's I mean, my only evidence for that is Johnson back in the day. He had a bunch of scandals before he was president. And then when he became president, all the scandals dropped because your intelligence agencies and your services are not going to let that happen. You know, the, none of those links and all those things were pursued down any farther than all the media outlets dropped their stories. And so you're now asking a journalist to give up his integrity because there's a conflict of work interests. That means a certain label, Operation Mockingbird, which is having your media assets in line. Now, that if you look that up, it's ran three months. That was it. Well, I have a document in the 22 release of JFK that stated from 65 that get your media assets in line, and that's the government saying that. So that's 65. That's not 63, which Wikipedia says. So and even if you look up the project program, any links on it says it only lasted three months. Wikipedia is also edited, and sadly, largest amount of editing that comes out of that is the skeptic community. I know plenty of skeptics who are part of the skeptic society who have out on the show who edit Wikipedia. They have a that's their part of their job as well, too. And that's an issue because the statements that they pick necessarily don't look at any new stuff and they label it conspiracy too quickly. Um, one of the biggest ones, and it's been screenshotted multiple times, and you can find it on the JFK community, was statements that were 
taken from one person, but not talked about from another. And it was just agreed because it fit with the official story. And that's why these mistrust issues start happening is you don't have a regulation of information. There's no, that's why Wikidata was created, which is a offsite of Wiki, Wikipedia, which allows you to look at stuff. And you can look up any Wikipedia editing and errors. I've had plenty of journalists from CNN and other places on here discuss that in depth. But it's a real issue, and it doesn't necessarily need to be something. I mean, you can look up Wikipedia if there's an article that comes out saying that someone smoked a cigarette and they did this or whatever. They'll see a whole tobacco industry lobbying aspect in Wikipedia then. It's a lot of weird stuff that starts to happen, and I think everyone knows that cigarettes aren't good for you. But if you look at the history of cigarettes, look at the tobacco industry lying. I mean, your baby could smoke cigarettes. It was like commercials that they were advertising for a baby smoking a cigarette and picking up chicks at a bar. That's a real commercial. But that's also because it was skewed a certain way with conflicts of interest, and that's the biggest issue with academic research. There's plenty of academic articles where you, you can find out about UAPs or UFOs, but also there's articles out there as well too that talk about industry-funded research, which is a conflict of emotion based on academic integrity because something that they're researching about a certain study, their research funder happens to be that thing that they're studying about. So – you get into this discussion of like business, money, politics, all this corrupts the argument. So you don't just have government reliability on what the message is getting relayed. You have all these other academic and conflicts of interest when it comes to business that are now feeding into the discussion. You get funded, for instance, on a UAP show to talk about how the UAPs exist. You don't care about the stuff that doesn't. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's a really topsy-turvy world. You just got to try your best to try and keep yourself balanced in the mix. And if you agree, like I agree 100% to the conspiracy aspect of JFK, but also, I mean, I'm looking at documents, I'm looking at statements, I'm looking at testimonies, and I could not ever entertain the discussion of who or why because people have done that for 60 years. You know, it's you got to kind of find what you can be able to prove and what you do can kind of roll with without ruining the whole discussion because the conversation on UAPs is just about as fucked as any other conversation um, on any controversial subject. And I don't think that's a ridiculous statement to make. No, it's quite reasonable. Uh, the more important, the more harm clicking. that- I heard you clicking. You've looked up something. What'd you look up? I wasn't, oh. I didn't click anything. It might've been uh, just me dropping my zipper oh. onto the table. I was like, um, look up the Wikipedia edits. Let's pull it up on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, da, 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 da. Um, the, uh, okay, the harm that can result from information uh, is you know, a big part of how careful you have to be with that information. So it's like, like since we know that places like China and Russia, we know that they invest heavily in um, foreign propaganda strategies trying to uh, weaken the U.S. government. Like we US do it too. Is, exactly. Everybody's doing it precisely. And so like since we know in those environments that we know it benefits foreign adversaries to weaken the credibility of the U.S. government. So I understand like there's a national security reason why intelligence agencies don't like they want to suppress critical information about the governments, even when it's true. And that's when it gets messy, right? It's like, if you as a national security agent know that Russia will benefit strongly from a true piece of information that discredits the government and releasing that information only serves to be honest while damaging national security, then I understand without agreeing with the, in. Um, you know, the rationale for why 
there are these uh, actions done within the intelligence communities. Like the national security threat argument can be twisted a thousand ways. And, you know, we see the reality of what it means to like lean endlessly into national security. Like how many trillions are um, not accounted for over the last 10 years in the US domestic military budget? It's, um, it's a black hole. And I think that, I mean, based on the amount of money involved, it's absurd to think that there isn't intensive lobbying going on from all sides trying to get a piece of that puzzle. Well, you know, as, as people like caught up just as like everyday citizens, we're, we're sort of like playing around in this uh, sandbox that people are messing with, right? Like you mentioned briefly things about the origins of propaganda. One of the biggest pioneers was a man named Bernays. In World War I, he was a, a propaganda um, theorist, political scientist, and he developed a lot of uh, the original arguments for what we now use as advertising strategy, promotions, um, propaganda. He argues that the average person is just functioning within their daily life, uh, set rituals and uh, basically like, you're at long rituals, I guess is the best way to cope patterns of behavior. And as a social scientist, as a propagandist, as an advertiser, you take on the role of the cowboy, you're, you're managing the crowd, you don't have complete control of them, but you can influence their emotions and behaviors indirectly through these sort of like little actions you take at the peripheries. And, you know, so that is the argument that's being literally explicitly written down, you know, 100 years ago now, he went on to pioneer advertising in the tobacco industry and actually was the pioneer uh, responsible for the increase in female smoking rates. And he effectively doubled the population of smokers uh, through what he learned about social science and propaganda in World War One. And so, you know, and that's only accelerated and the level of psychological research that's been done at this point, um, it would horrify most people to actually engage with it fully because there's a lot of very compelling evidence that he was right in many ways, that we are just op operating on ritual and uh, sort of these set patterns and that we ignore almost everything other than what's directly in front of us. And it's not a conspiracy theory to say that there are literally millions of people on earth extremely well educated on that exact thing and know precisely how to best manipulate or as they call it influence the rest of the population and they get paid an absurd amount of money to do it so it is happening you know there are a variety of reasons why justifications but um it's important for us to remember always that these things are happening on the big highest levels like you just just buy some sociology books and you see that they're actually you know, not unreasonably, they're talking about us kind of in this objectifying way because they know that they can produce these effects. During the pandemic, they had the red meat scan, uh, red meat scare. You can look that up on what Google and they'll be able to give you a full definition on it. But they said the red meat was going out of sale and you're not going to be able to get any red meat. And everyone flocked to the stores and panic buy red meat. It happens anytime. Jeff, Jeff Peanut Butter, the I talked to a guy who studies the supply chain. You can buy any other fucking peanut butter, but you say GIF's running out and you're not going to have GIF for a while. Everyone flocks to the stores and buys up all the GIF or it was out of store for months. 
So it's, it's just, I mean, it's, there's a lot of this mentality that people either panic and go a certain direction without thinking. There's a lot of that type of stuff. So it's not a conspiracy to say that this, it only gets hooked onto giant issues that end up becoming political. I mean, if Jeff became political, then eventually everyone would hop on, you know, that's the thing is like, it's, it comes a conversation you can't talk about when it's really just, you're not going to have peanut butter, that's Jeff, go get something else. Like you can get Skippy. It's not that difficult, but it's like stuff like that where you can't boil down from once something gets narrative into a certain political view. Like MK Ultra is real. That's a horrible thing that happened. Drugging people, dressing up as hippies, and it goes into really insane shit. But if you really boil it down to what it is, it's a guy who was a part of a project who was given funding to be able to test out his hypothesis and experiments, and they didn't factor in consent of individuals. They didn't do any of this type of stuff. And also, it doesn't sound crazy when you look at a guy's idea of dressing up as hippies. But when you say it's the government, it like broad brushes the whole damn thing where everyone goes, oh, my God, the government would never do such a thing like that. It's like, well, yeah, a guy did who did work for the government. Now, it is the agency's responsibility to take account for that individual. But it's also a fucking – they got a bunch of people. That, Spy Schools is a book you should read, but the guy interviewed professors at a Yale college, and the one dude was studying invisibility for the CIA. Because the CIA is still active on college campuses. So it's like a lot of this stuff that isn't talked about. I just think like if you're going to give people history, you can't just feed them a really shitty version of it. Like, I mean, that's education systems problems as well, too. But there's a lot of people that don't want to know about a lot of these things and they don't have to know about it. But also you can't limit the speech about it. You know what I mean? Like a discussion of like skeptics and discussion of people and discussion of like anything that can manipulate our consciousness. Dude, they can just drop Hillary Clinton was rigged. And everyone fucking loses their minds, man. You know, I love the ancient alien documentaries. I like all that stuff. And some of it you can see who wrote a book, who got paid a lot of money to do what they just wrote about aliens. Nick Pope talking about seagulls being spyware, whatever. You know, he's getting he's doing it for some purpose. It's going to give him attention. Shermer does the same thing. He strikes at the LGBTQ community because he gets attention from that good or bad. It's attention. People he comes a household name. Basically, Joe Rogan does the same thing. A bunch of people do the same thing. My issue is, is that when you look at like FIA requests and things of these sorts, I think that's way too important to be holding back secrets, and I know there's secrets of national security, sure, and you don't have to really worry about the government destroying UFO documents because it's not a controversial American issue. It's a controversial world issue, um, but that release was shit. The one that we talked about way back when like your second or third episode on, which was we released a couple pages and everyone else was releasing thousands of documents on shit. That does not open up the door for the people to want to trust a message that you relate to the people, which brings us back to our discussion again. And then we have people that are skeptics that are trying to defend why the government does that. There's no need. There's no need for you to release such a minuscule amount with barely any descriptive purposes or give anybody a proper message. I mean, you can say it's I guarantee you some of those skeptics will change their view if it was Trump that was in charge of all that. When it was, That wasn't Trump, was it, when he was in charge of all that? Uh, during the 2021 thing? What the la the Not the latest one, but the one before that where they released like 11 pages and four pages. Oh, yeah, no, that was after uh, – Trump was 2016 to 2020, right? So uh, That might be out of the tail end of Trump. Yeah, that so no, yeah. It, Biden. Yes. Okay, so so I mean, look, they hopped on board because they wanted Biden to be president. So I mean, a bunch of people supported. I think Biden doing that as well too. It's a lot of it's used for political gain. 
you know, whether it's looking into establishing a UAP board and all these things, a lot of that is given to the public and it gets leaked into the JFK community somehow because people say it's a distraction, all the UAP stuff to take away from the JFK shit. I'm like, look, you're never going to get an answer to the JFK thing. If I can admit that to myself, so can you. You're never going to probably get an answer to the UAP thing. You might. There's hope for that one because it's not a past event. But you have something that there could be something that happens in the next hundred years or two hundred years that could really change something. Sure, um, but you know you got you got these discussions. I don't know. To me, it's just like the UAP thing. The only thing I can really acknowledge or talk about is the fact of lack of government accountability and transparency when it comes to the secrets that are being held. I mean, if it's spied craft gear and you don't want the us or I guess you don't want them to know that we know about the technology that they have. I'm like, you just got to accept just like how we accept our phones are being monitored, that everybody knows everything about everybody, basically. Anything that you want to search up about someone, you can find through a click away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, the government record on the subject is an interesting one. Uh, in a way, we're sort of, we're recreating history because the UFO, the modern UFO subject started shortly after World War II, uh, maybe arguably during World War II with the Foo Fighter uh, stuff, and then the uh, clay arguments about uh, ghost rockets uh, appearing over Northern Europe in 1946, and then moving into um, 47, you start with uh, Kenneth Arnold seeing the flying saucers, and then we've got Roswell. So what did the government originally do? There were a variety of we have now declassified internal reports from the FBI, the CIA, the US Air Force, intelligence. Um, they were all taking UFO reports very seriously. They all thought that UFOs were something real. Um, you know, there's they the famous. Are. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, and there's like a variety of things. Yeah. And so the question is like, oh, a UFO being real. Well, okay, you know, like you could you could see something on the way to work in your car and you don't know what it is it's a ufo yeah, it's and, real and then you get closer and it's like you know a seagull or a drone and it's like well it was a ufo until it wasn't so it's like ufos are real what's the meaning of that that's something i've argued with uh skeptics about a lot uh fellow skeptics on my panel on the panel on the show too it's um it's like if we say ufo is there a meaning to it other than just unidentified in some ways no but in other ways, yes. If we look at the government internal historic records, then you see a consistent definition of the kind of object that they are classifying as a UFO. And that kind of object actually has a very distinct set of features that they have described since the earliest records from the 40s on the subject forward across all agencies. And it's like luminous uh, objects moving in ways we can't understand, variety of colors, all this stuff. Um, so, you know, the, when you start getting into the actual historic records, uh, historical records, that's when the conversation just, it gets so messy that things stop to even, it doesn't matter almost like what is being said. So like, I've had a lot of difficulty trying to convince my fellow skeptics to look at and take American internal government reports seriously, even though there's very good arguments from a uh, study of history perspective to understand that internal records are different from the public facing records. 
when inside the UK Ministry of Defense, uh, they have a report from 2000 saying that the kinds of UFOs that are described in traditional UFO eyewitness reports, instantaneous acceleration, a solid luminous body, uh, moving in ways you can't understand. When an internal intelligence report in the UK Ministry, Ministry of Defense says those objects are real, they are a new class of object that do not fall into any uh, pre-existing category. We are, uh, it's indisputable that those exist and we are almost certain that they are a new kind of uh, atmospheric plasma phenomenon akin to ball lightning that is similar but different. You know, that that is like, are UFOs real or not? What does that mean, right? Like, they're not saying UFOs are like a seagull when you get closer. They're saying UFO is this kind of object that people have described, and that's real. We've talked about this with Massimo, and I know we've talked about the electroplasm. I don't believe that government tech. I'm putting that back up at the top of the board after that fucking balloon, man. 100%. 100%. I don't even think it was that what people were seeing either. I think that could be an excuse as well, too. You could probably say something like that, but... um. Now, I just I believe it's some there's technology that we just don't know about. There's a reason why the government keeps it secret as well, too. I think after your got his house raided, I just started to that guy's a nice dude. And they just fucking did that to him. I mean, I think he's now his faith in the government is bad, but his site is really like seems conspiracy. You look at it, it's like black sites and things of that sort of stuff that's real, but it's like heavily listed down to like very specific details where I'm like, yo, if you're the FBI, you're like, what the fuck? Who's talking shit and just like you lose your mind on that one. But, you know, I think right, that, yeah. there's a lot of secrecy, obviously, that needs to be disclosed a little bit. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. This timeline is fucked, my friend. Um, I hate to say it in that terms, but let people believe UFOs. Let people believe in that it's not UFOs. I mean, what's going to do you sleep OK at night? Like, that's the thing. That's the main question to ask yourself. If you spend all night checking your computer over and over again to refresh a comment or refresh that it just it's, life's too short dude i don't know and aliens if they're real it's going to be even shorter yeah well that's yeah that's we a sent question. dick pics bro we sent a picture us naked we have to that's update so it we got to do a better yeah, <laughs> new one yeah 21st century uh yeah. <laughs> I will say that their message that they sent to us was or the, not our message we sent to them the record if you look at what's on the record, I would hate to be an alien receiving that. You don't know how they're going to perceive that. Just like confusing as hell. Yeah. I mean, who knows if they even have audio receptors. Like, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's very self-centered. For Send some ACDC or something. They sent like smooth ass jazz and some techno shit or not even techno. It was like something like with like one beat to it every couple of minutes. And I was like, I mean, they really checked the board, but I would like to meet the scientists. Like, who could you, if you could interview one person, who would it be? Well, that's a good question. Alive. I'm not, not sure, honestly. Well, what's the alive or dead? Oh my God. Uh, alive, not dead. Oh, alive, not dead. Okay. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I'd have to really think about it. Okay. What, what was your answer? I don't have one. You don't have one either. That's my oh. question to you. You can think of another question if you want. <laughs> oh God. Well, you know, I, you know, my, cause my thoughts initially are like, Oh, a series of, um, you know, high profile individuals. And then I, my immediate thought was just sort of like, well, maybe there's no, 
like they're not going to answer any of your hard questions and there's no point in even talking to them but if there's somebody who's less prominent that I could think of who would actually have a, a real discussion. So uh, yeah, putting too much thought into it maybe, but um, that's my philosophy degree at work. I'd want to talk to you because you're, you're an upstar guy. How about that? Oh, wow. Out of everybody in the world, it would be me. My goodness. Well, I guess you're, uh, <laughs> you're living in a fantasy world then since I've uh, talked to you uh, so many times. It must be nice. It's fun. We're friends, I hope. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I've done a lot of episodes and stuff of that sort, but I enjoyed these conversations that me and you have. It's why you've been on a couple of times. Usually you don't get an invite back. I don't think I have anybody that hasn't gotten. No, I have people I haven't invited back, but there's people that I have banned from my show as well, too. Very few. So <laughs> two, two out of the whole thing. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, but no, I, just, I enjoy our conversations, our conversations each and every time. I think this is a good break as well, too, even though we talked about like JFK a tiny bit when it came to my mentioning. And that's the only thing I can bring a point of reference to is JFK. Um, but no, I your site, I've recommended your site to plenty of people whenever they're friends of mine are talking about UFO th stuff. I just always go, hey, this is a site. And I get interested in the subject. And I think Haystick still checks out your site. Is what my radio astronomer friend. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, Haystick Grobler from South Africa, right? Yes. Yeah, radio. Nice. Did we do a pod? Did we do a podcast with him? Not with him. I've watched uh, a couple of his uh, episodes with you, though. Because, um, uh, yeah, light him on. You can ask him some questions. He likes the Star Trek stuff. Shout out to Ace Dick if you're listening. I like that guy. We, he's one of my first episodes, basically, 100 and something. Um, but Campbell, I appreciate the time again, my friend. Uh, is there a place where people could find your links? Uh, UAPstudy.com or on Twitter at UAPstudy. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, Robbie. It's uh, always a pleasure. Anytime. Research JFK in your free time. Why don't you? Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank. Stay tuned for our next episode.